you know, I went to the Naval Academy. Some people consider that one of the top schools in the nation, right? And yet, there is a significant gap between what school teaches you and life expects you to know. And I've been on a hell-bent mission to educate myself as much as possible, to bring it back to my family, to my friends, to make sure that we can have higher level conversations because people speak to you on the level you're at. And unfortunately, if we don't take the time to get educated, we can never understand this foreign language of like economics and, and financial literacy and business development. So um, that's really been my driver is how can I learn as much as I can to be able to explain it to those around me and those I love and trust. Really excited today for Entrepreneurial Impact on this uh, episode. Uh, Joe Martin here, one of your co-hosts with Dave Donaldson. Today, we've got Clay Okina as our guest that we get to uh, talk to. And it's going to be a really awesome, exciting experience. I was down with him last week uh, in his office down in Hampton Roads and got to understand his like personal journey and how he got into real estate. But really excited uh, for Dave, for you to be on this episode. Really ask some questions for Clay on his journey, how he got into real estate, Entrepreneurial Impact for him, his family, his uh, friends everybody around him and uh, just his dynamic uh, experience and story was really uh, moving to me last week. And so it's just, just so happy to have him on this uh, show today. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Um, Kaleo Kina out of Virginia Beach. And so super excited to explore this conversation and make this connection and uh, uh, we'll see where it goes. But um, West Coast kid, I was born on the West Coast, born in Hawaii, grew up in California and Arizona, uh, made my way east via the Naval Academy, have a great uh, day. played basketball there. And then did eight years active duty here in Hampton Roads um, and been here ever since. Um, so did eight years. In 2017, I transitioned um, out of the military. And that's where I found uh, my next love, which was real estate. So that's how I got to today. And so it's, it's been awesome being leadership with the both of you um, and had amazing opportunity. You know, GK or Gary Keller says people often overestimate where they can be in one year and underestimate where they can be in five. And so I've been with Keller Williams since 2019. Uh, and I can say it's definitely changed my life uh, as I sit here in 2022. What uh, what drew you to the Navy? How'd that start? Um, played college basketball. So I was uh, on a big high school team in Arizona. We were ranked nationally. My entire team went Division One. Um, I was probably went to the lowest uh, ranking school out of all of those guys. And so, <laughs> you know, some of my friends went to ASU, Stanford, Indiana, Creighton. I went to the Naval Academy. And so um, that's where I got. And then I got stationed in Hampton Roads. And so that's how I got got this way. I, I don't want to toot uh, my Sixers horn, but James Harden was at ASU when I lived out there. Yeah, one of my best friends played with him and actually runs his AU teams out of Arizona. So um, Christian Pope. Yeah, shout out Arizona. <laughs> I loved it out there. It's it a great place. I lived there for 14 years. So Kaleo, you told me your full story when I was on site, which you're, uh, you're definitely uh, being very humble today in regards to where you were, uh, how you came and your mom's support and the uh, direction she gave to just go out, try something new. And I think from knowing you personally, the entrepreneurial spirit really started somewhere around, let's say, in the end of high school, because you're like, your mom was like, get out of here, go on the <laughs> East Coast, go out to the Naval Academy, you're, there's no other choice for you. You too? <laughs> <laughs> well, just, yeah. it was a great story, man. Like, I think, like, what would be really cool to hear is, like, uh just for everybody listening, it's kind of like, what's your team at right now? So like, if you had size, volume, units, right? And then kind of bring us back to like, you know, you get out of the Navy and then like, what were your jobs through that or, you know, opportunities, whatever you want to call those things. 
and say, hey, this is what we, this is where we're at today. But you know, once I got out of the military, this is this is what like my journey was and like why I ended up eventually coming into real estate in 2019. No, absolutely. So um kind of two parts of that. So today, um I'm a partner on Kova Collective uh, Realty Team right out here in Hampton Roads. And we last year did 83 million in volume. Um, we have about 10 team members, six agents, three admin, um, and then I. And so it's an amazing, uh, we just won the number one small team down here in Hampton Roads um, in, in our association, um, just awarded last month. So super excited about what we've been able to create. Um, and then kind of how it started a little bit, uh, rewinding back to what Joe was talking about. Um, my mom was a single mother. Um, and so she had me when she was 16. And so she went to Cal- we went to California because she played college there, college volleyball. Um, she's been married a couple of times and then we made our way to Arizona. Um, and so my mom was away from home young, right? And so when I had the opportunity to explore um, what college I wanted to attend, um, I wanted to stay close to home. I was the oldest of four um, in my immediate family from my mom. Um, and so I wanted to be close enough to kind of still be home. And when we went over our top five, you know, where we, where I was going to go to school, um, her top five was all the Naval Academy. And so my, my answers didn't matter, <laughs> um, but my mom's my best friend. And if that's what she wanted me to do, um, that's what I was going to do. And so she just said to me that, you know, not everybody has the opportunity to leave. And so she said, you'll always have the opportunity to come home. Um, and so I want you to go, right. Go be great. And if at any point, you know, life says that you, you know, stumble here or there, mama will always be here for you. So that was powerful for me in that she allowed me to kind of go spread my wings as, as her and my grandma would like to say. And so um, that's why I went to the Naval Academy and it kind of pushed me right from there to always make her proud. And, um, and she instilled in me very early age that everywhere I go, right, I'm representing my family. And so everything I do, my goal is to make my mom proud or do do the best that I can to make her proud. And so she can look over and say, man, my, that's my son, right? And so I'm excited for that opportunity. Um, when I got out of the Navy was in now transitioning to the second part of the question. It's like, what are all the steps or positions I've held in real estate? And so it's been a very fast, um, but exciting, um, you know, career in real estate. I, I got into real estate in 2017, um, right when I transitioned out of the military. And so um, I started a local boutique brokerage here locally um, and ended up winning rookie of the year um, in 2018. But I was looking for an opportunity to grow. It was a lead based team. So essentially I was like a lead converter, cold calls. Like it's funny because now I have agents that are like, you know, that's a bad lead. And I'm like, I didn't even ah. get good or bad leads. My goal was just to get somebody to answer the phone. That was like the first win. It's like, oh, they answered, right? Oh, I got their name. Like those were my wins. Like, and then we didn't even have the conversion conversation. And so are you even a buyer or seller? And so it's kind of funny how the transition is, has been. Um, but so I started on the lead based team. Wasn't the place for me. However, it taught me a lot about just, you know, getting used to know, utilizing those opportunities to get closer to a yes and develop relationships and, and stuff like that. So it grew. But when I went asked for more opportunity, their opportunity looked like we can give you more leads. Um, and at that point in my life, I was I think I closed 24 deals in uh, 18 and 21 were from my sphere of influence. Um, and so it wasn't that I needed more leads. I just needed to know like, what was the next step in business? Um, and they weren't able to provide that for me at that moment. So I was actively looking um, for another opportunity. And so um, my currently at the time managing brokers went to Keller Williams. And so I followed them um, to Keller Williams about a year later after they left. And that's kind of where I've made a home. 
Um, and so when I was at Keller Williams, I started off as a single agent, um, just trying to do more production, right? Be more efficient. So utilizing the tools and resources um, that KW offered in terms of like just running your business at a better level. And so I was able to do 45 units um, in my first year at KW, which would have been 2019. Um, and then in 2020, I adopted the models and systems. So I began to um, scale my team. So I brought on an admin and then I brought on two agents, kind of all at the same time, like within the span of six months. Um, and so that year we did about 98 units for 20 plus million. Um, and then I was offered different opportunities. Um, and leadership like the TL position. And I had turned it down multiple times, but I felt that this was a great opportunity to have a bigger impact than just like the ALC um, or the Agent Leadership Council or just as an agent, not that that's a bad thing, but I wanted to impact the market center in a way that I thought maybe the team leader position would give me that platform. And so um, KW continued to help me grow my mindset and my understanding of business. So I created a partnership um, with my current partner now with Cova Collective Realty Team and Megan Morris. And so last year, while I was a team leader, the team um, pretty much was able to run on its own with great leadership and me a part of it, but we did 83 million for 249 units. And so um, I now have more opportunity in front of me. And so Keller Williams has truly been a platform where, you know, every year, you know, my ceilings become my floors and I'm just eager to continue to learn and grow um, in this opportunity that I've been given. What drives that pursuit for you? Like we all have aspirations, right? And you got out of the military and you transitioned quickly. And I, I don't want to make any bones about it. You've had hockey stick career growth. Like mm -hmm. that isn't something that happened by accident, right? So there was something inside of you that just drove you. Now, obviously having a professional military career, I think, I think that's a sound foundation, right? I, I, I value uh, the military training, the things of what it can do for somebody personally, but for you, there still had to be a driving force. So, so what was that? What what made you want so much? I mean, foundationally, like sometimes you want because you were one that never had, right? And so um, growing up, as I said, my mom was, we all have a story. So let me preface it by saying yeah. everybody has a story. Well, th this um, is the so, place to tell that story, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think everybody's empowered to utilize their story to motivate them. But um, in 2000. Um, one of my stories was, um, it was my, like, I'm a grinder athletics, the military, you know, we always execute the mission, like, you know, execute the mission. Like we, there's no excuses. There's a certain grit and grind, um, that I've become accustomed to by the nature of the fields of being an athlete and then being in the military. And so I applied that very quickly to what I would call my civilian career as a, as a real estate agent. Um, but it was, it was eye opening because we would get up and I'd be at the ship by 5.30 or 6 for quarters, I get to the office at 8 o'clock and people assume, you know, like, oh, man, you're the hardest worker in the room. You're amazing, right? Because I'm in the office at 8. Um, but where I used to be, that's two and a half hours after we had to be at the ship. So in my head, I'm like, am I really that hard working, or is the civilian life just lazy? That's what I thought at the time. Like, dude, civilians just not work as hard. Um, but, but as I grew my, well, I mean, look, what, what could you have accomplished if you actually got to the office at five 30 in the morning? Think about that. You can do five 30 to eight of uninterrupted time. You know how much work you can get done. It'd be crazy. You could be off the rest of the, day. the rest of the day. I'm telling you. Um, but my first kind of like I have, I would say in my store, I have about three, three things that have driven me, um, and continue to push me today. Um, the first one um, was as I was building building my solo agent um, business, 
I went from 24 units to 40 to 45, right? Um, in the span of a year. In July 4th of 2019, um, I was showing like 10 homes, right? And I was like super organized. I had all of these things, but my son was also fairly new. He was born in August. So he's like coming up on a year. Um, and growing up from my background, I always wanted to be a present father, right? And an amazing father. And so part of the reason I got out the military is I did an 11-month deployment and a six-month deployment. So I knew I wanted to be home. Um, and in this moment, I'm showing 10 homes. My wife is working. I have my son with me. He's still in the crib or, I mean, in the uh, car seat. And so it's easy for me to take him. He probably sold a couple of houses for me because he's so cute <laughs> too, right? And so um, it makes you relatable. It makes you Babies do come you... in handy, don't they? Yeah, yeah. You know, people were like, feel oh, bad for dad. you? Like, how are you going to put food on the table? <laughs> exactly. They're like, he's a dad. He's a good guy. He's got his son with him, right? Um, and so this particular weekend, um, obviously one of the busiest weekends ever, my son got sick um, and he was having a fever and we're I'm in the middle of showings. Um, and I remember my feeling of like giving him a bottle to like, for all intents and purposes, to shut him up, to make him be quiet. Right. Um, and as I pulled up to the next house, I looked myself in my rearview mirror not to be overdramatic, but I looked at myself and said, you're a terrible father. Everything you wanted to get out of the military for you're giving like you said you wanted to be home and present and look at you. Your son is literally sick in the backseat and you're frustrated because he's sick. That's not his fault. You know, you could, you don't have to be out here right now, which you're choosing to do that over him. Um, and so that day I called like eight real estate agents to show like the rest of the homes. I paid them a hundred dollars a house. Um, and that was the first time that it motivated me to get leverage, right? Because I refused to put my son in a position where he, you know, his dad wasn't, was choosing a dollar or working over him. And so that was my first major like real estate moment. on like, I need to be better and I need to be a better business person because the grind isn't going to be the answer every single time, right? Um, and so that was my first one. My second one um, was I went to career visioning, um, I think in 2020, I met an amazing agent. Um, I believe he's still with KW out of Delaware, second home market named Andy Stanton. And so after class, we're sharing our vision, right? Like, and I ask, I'm asking him, he's super, uh, he participates at a high level in class. So I wanted to get to know him and we're, we're out at dinner and I ask Andy like, hey, can you tell me about your business or like, what's your dream for your, for your business? And we kind of talked and I said, Oh, so what's your, like, what's the, what do you need to do just to make sure you're good? And what I realized was in his explaining of his vision, his lowest level of living, like what he would consider a disappointment was higher than any vision I had ever dreamed. And so I had to go back to my room and look at myself and like, man, you're not even like KW talks about mindset, but like you don't even think big enough about yourself or your abilities that this guy's in the business and his like, this would be a disappointing year is better than what you would consider your biggest dream year ever. And so I really got um, personal and intimate with myself around like, do you really believe in yourself? What do you think you can accomplish and what's holding you back from doing that? Right. So that was my how do you get in that mindset from those two conversations and explosion and actually sitting down and being real with yourself and coming to grips with that? And we hear the term think bigger, but you literally kind of embrace it like, all right, I am going to do different and bigger. And you change that. How did, how did that happen? I think a lot of it is one, like self-awareness is, a, a, is something that I think is lacking in society in general. Like, true self-reflection and self-awareness of like who you are. Um, and so um, also surrounding yourself 
with the right people. I really believe there's power in proximity. So who are you surrounding yourself with that is really having, um, you know, uh, candid and real conversations. Um, and so I, I do a pretty good job of like trying to be around the people that are going to challenge me and push me um, in different avenues, like whether it's being a dad or whether it's being a good husband, whether it's being a good friend, and then being around the right business minded people to say, hey, you can do this. These are the people that have done it. And then seeking, you know, that relationship or that conversation. So I've never been one I'm scared to reach out and ask for insider perspective and try to bring value to get value for sure. So it wasn't just leverage for you in finding the people, but it was leverage in finding the people that have done it. Mm-hmm. Rip off and duplicate essentially. Right. And replicate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, like you said that the last one was, I have three kids under five now. Um, and I reached out to my mom oh. who lives on the West coast and I love it. We love That's it. a lot of diapers, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I reached out to my mom and I've been trying to, for all intents and purposes, bribe her to move out to Virginia. I have a, you know, I have a small, you know, rental portfolio. I got a house for her. I got grandkids for her. Right. And so, um, this was the first time I've never asked my mom how much she made or that's none of my business as her son. Right. And so, um, but this was the first time she was like, Oh, I'm not sure. And then she sent me a resume one day and I'm like, mom, why'd you send me the resume? Are you thinking about it? And she was like, yeah. So then I finally got to a point where I said, Hey mom, um, it actually was like a position was opening up and I was like, you should check out this position. You know, what do you need to convince you to come out here? Um, and it was eye opening and sad and powerful at the same time. But she called me and said, and made this son, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to do it. You know, I make like 65 K in benefits and, you know, I don't want to put that on you. Right. And so keep in mind, my mom's been at this company for 20 years, like the whole time. Um, and this was eye opening to me because that July, the same July that, um, I had the revelation with my son is I closed 12 units that month as a solo agent. And that was my first month where I had over a hundred K in GCI. Right. Um, and so, in that moment, my mom, who's been the hardest worker, my number one, um, like source of inspiration, like in her head, she was talking to me and thinking that I couldn't afford or that we weren't in a space to afford 65 K and benefits. And that just made a huge mind shift on, you know, I went to the Naval Academy. Some people consider that one of the top schools in the nation. Right. And yet, there is a significant gap between what school teaches you and life expects you to know. And I've been on a hell-bent mission to educate myself as much as possible, to bring it back to my family, to my friends, to make sure that we can have higher level conversations because people speak to you on the level you're at. And unfortunately, if we don't take the time to get educated, we can never understand this foreign language of like, economics and and financial literacy and business development and so um that's really been my driver is how can i learn as much as i can to be able to explain it to those around me and those i love and trust to include my family but my team and our agents and all of that so those were like my big three wickets um as i've gone through this business in the last five years i've got in i got some thoughts here like to kind of bring it back you said that like your three ahas or your three learning things, like as you've come from when you started to where you're at today was leverage, vision. And then for everything you just brought up, I, I would consider that like purpose or oddly enough, impact. 
<laughs> Shocker <laughs> as to why we have you on here today. We're, we're kind of smart, right? Um, um, so like if you were to give some takeaways for people, like when I think about leverage, I think about at some point the value of time actually is way more than any type of dollar amount. You actually get to a place where you're like, I'm trying to increase my dollar per hour. So when I think about leverage, I think about how do I increase my dollar per hour, but also realize that I've got value and what I actually need is time and that somebody else has value, right? And then when I look at um, vision, that vision is actually, I've always internalized saying that I've got, to, I've got to see it before I can go do it, that like I can actually make it real. And what does that look like? What's that feel like? What's my life look like? What's my family look like? What's the people around me, right? And then eventually you say the cause, right? So if I can get time, visualize an amazing life, and then realize that the time that I get back with that amazing life has this amazing impact, right? That has this amazing change, this, this transcendence, if you will, of like generational like creation, right? And I think that's the piece that as I hear you talk about is that you're literally saying, hey, as I've gotten financially secure, leverage or time means more to me. That the ability to have a bigger vision to then pour that vision into reality because it actually impacts other people. And I think that's an amazing journey for you that I just want to reiterate because that's what I took away from just like what this career being an entrepreneur has done for you and your family. Right. Now it's definitely changed my life. And I don't say that lightly. I think sometimes people get like self-conscious about it, but quite literally it did. When I graduated or when I got out the military, I wasn't like terrible with money. I didn't have any debt. Um, so I was good there. Right. And I probably had about $8,000 saved in my savings account. And to me and where I'm from, no debt and $8,000. I mean, I was living a good life. If you ask any of my family, you were winning. I hashtag winning. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was, I was good. I was good money right there. Like I'm good. I'm doing good. Um, and then as I kind of grew in my business, I realized like, even with my first hire for leverage, right. I was scared to spend money on a salary because I've never had that before. And then in my head, it's like 30 K that was my first admin salary. It's like, that's a lot of money. Um, but you know, I say old sayings are there for a reason, but like, you got to pay to play or scared money don't make money. Those have small foundational roots. And like you do have to invest in your business or in yourself in order to get higher level returns. You just got to hold your money accountable. And so it's about how the business has affected my personal life. Um, I said that to say my net worth when I got out was about 8,000. Um, last year in October, my net worth crossed over a million, um, like an everyday millionaire. So not liquid or anything, but in terms of like equity in my assets and some cash flow. Um, and some savings, like that was a huge like thing. I always joke that I wanted to be a millionaire before 37. I don't know where I got 37. I just had it. Um, and so now I'm there and now it's like, well, since I'm an everyday millionaire, like I want to be a millionaire in like liquid assets by 37. Now I changed it. Right. But it's similar, but it's not only how it's impacted myself, but I mean, I have two amazing stories. Um, on my team is like, how can you provide more for others too? Cause it's not just about me. Um, it's like, if you're keeping, I'm, I don't want to be Mr. Scrooge where I die with a house full of money. Like how can you make the biggest impact right on other people's lives? And so one of my top agents um, today, she's only her second year in business, but as a, you know, people have a negative connotation as a showing assistant, right? Um, last year she made almost hundred K she made 96 K right. Not only that, but like her previous year, she drove the Oscar Wire Minor Wire Meaner Mobile or whatever, the Oscar Meyer Wiener Mobile, and like her ad, annual salary was thirty k. She That's literally made fast. wow, <laughs> yeah, she literally made you know triple her income in her first year in real estate as a showing assistant, right? 
And then this year, she is now a full-time agent. I'm no, I'm not even exaggerating making this up. Next month, she's going to close seven units for 32K in GCI. In one month, as an agent on our team, two years ago, she's making more than her annual salary. I mean, that's life-changing. Um, and so, like, we were able to have an impact on her. And, like, that's the kind of stuff I live for. And, like, when you get the text that says, thank you, like, this has been the best decision of my life. My other example, and I just love shouting out our agents, um, Kathleen Gamble, she's been with me two years and she was in the service industry. So, you know, not a, tips and stuff, like not a lot of income the right way. Um, and so last year was her first time she bought her own home, you know, in less than two years. And then she made probably about 80K, which is she was making 35K in the industry. I remember hiring her because it was a buddy of mine's wife. He asked me if I can do him a solid because of COVID. And I wasn't ready to grow, but I'm like, I really want to help this person. And so I said, hey, what is your, obviously we take them through CV, but like, what is your best vision for what you want to make? And what is your lowest? And I remember her coming and she reminded me of like the grit and grind of my mom. She was like, okay, she has four kids, keep in mind. And she's married. And she's like, I just need 30K. Like, that's all I need. She was like, if you pay me 30K. And I remember thinking, Kathleen, I will pay you 30K in a W-2 salary if that, if that makes you feel more comfortable. And I guarantee you, I will make more money off of you, <laughs> paying you that, then you're going to, so I said, let's do this. Take the job six months in. If you're not on pace to, thir- to make 30K, because you are, it's not even, it's a given. But at the end of the year, if you don't 30K, I'll cut you a check for the difference. That's how solid I know you're going to make in this industry with, with our business. And now, I mean, it's their second year. She's on pace for six figures again. And so it's like being able to change those people's lives, not me, but the business and the resources, like that is powerful. And now I have two friends and agent partners that like, I know that anytime they learn, if there's something great in their life, they're going to think of me. And it's great to kind of create that compounding effect of like taking care of people and changing people's lives for sure. I've heard you reference systems, models, and tools, right? We talk about hockey, hockey stick type of growth, but you keep hanging your hat on CV. For a lot of people, if you don't know what there is, that's career vision. Right? So that mm-hmm. process, you've obviously mastered that process because I know a lot of teams and associates that hire people and struggle and go backwards and struggle and go forwards and, or sit still. But that has not happened for you, which I'm not going to lie, seems a little bit of a rarity. So how were you able to take what you learned and identify that talent and have explosive growth at the same time. All right. So let's clarify that input to say that I have not gone bad with CV. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think what the, I think where the answer lies in is that like some people get discouraged, get a bad hire or it doesn't work out. Some people get discouraged when they say, Oh, I'm just going to partner with this. They're going to take all my stuff and then they're going to use it. Right. Like that's the wrong mindset. So the CV process has allowed me to get in real relationship and understand stories to see if they're in alignment with like the kind of person I want to be in business with and have given me stronger opportunities to convert on that in terms of our operation side and our agent side. Now, have I failed? Absolutely. I mean, we're in a transition for listing manager right now as we speak, Um, you know, and I've had um, um, previous admin hires that weren't the best fit. But with the CV process, it allows me the confidence to know I have a process to like hurry up and make, like it's one person, my partner is like, oh man, that was, that's such a bad, I don't know if we should do it again. To me, I'm like, oh man, we found the type of person that doesn't fit. Now we can like, our next CV is going to even be even better because we know exactly what we don't want. Right. And so like, we can continue that process. And so I think 
my mindset on just pushing forward. And that comes back from the military, like execute the mission. Like, okay, that was a failed, you know, whatever mission on that one, but the next one's going to be the right one. And so really having the mindset to continue to keep going. And I think, like you said, the hockey stick effect, even for agents and in leadership, like you got to be committed to that, to just getting it done until the time shows up for you to reap the rewards. But some people don't last. It's kind of like in sports when they say you got to, you got to catch your second wind. But I'm telling you at the end of your first win, when you're dog tired, sometimes you just want to quit and you got to keep it going before you catch that second. I think what's really good there that you're hitting on, Khalil, is that for any of us, it's all about mastery. And now I don't care what anyone says, like go to a million trainings, go listen to some videos, go read a book, go do some work, workbooks and go talk to a million mentors and have it on your like coaching agenda each week. But until you actually like rip the bandaid off and go do the activity, you're not going to have real time feedback and listen to certain questions and watching certain things. And the ultimate learning for humans is to go out and do it. And I would encourage anybody that's like small business owner, uh, whether it's in real estate or outside of that, that the only way that you get to a massive scale and have massive impact, like we're talking about from a visionary standpoint, is getting people into your world. And Far too often we master the taking a listing or the amazing way to deal with needs analysis and get buyers on the contract. Over time, that becomes very simple. And what very few people ever master is the ability to uh, interview and understand what people's great strengths are to attract them to an opportunity that actually makes them a better version of themselves and actually scales out their impact. And I think that's the piece of mastering hiring is just like, all right, (laughs) failed at that one getting back on the horse, going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. Because once again, if you think that like I'm horrible at hiring people, well, yeah, you're horrible at hiring people because you haven't done it enough. Right. Like think about when you're riding a bike, you weren't a mat, you weren't a master bike like person until you fell off like 10 different times and scraped your knees and realized, well, guess I should a little balance a little bit more. And then when you get to my age, I don't want to be on the speed bike. I want to be on the beach cruisers. My butt doesn't hurt as much, but that being <laughs> said, um, you got to get back on the bike. Right. Uh, and I, just, I think that that's just a uh, it's a great thing to see is this understanding that the only way I'm going to get better at something is to lean into the awkward, to lean into something that's uncomfortable and be OK scraping my knees, knowing that I'm going to be better 90 days from now. I'm going to be better in three years from now because I committed to that people mastery, which is the only way to truly be able to scale out your impact. And um, I just think it's amazing. No, I appreciate that. I think what you just said is like um, I have like three tenets of like success that I tell people. Um, And one is relationships. I really do believe that everybody is one relationship away from changing your life. And so like how many people are you exposing yourself to in order to try to create that relationship? Um, The other one's education. Like it's great. You should be a professional learner every single day. Go to all the classes. Like when the people's like, hey, which classes should I go to? All of them. You should. Like go to all of them. Find out which ones hit the most with you, which instructor you want to connect with like you'll meet somebody in a class that could potentially I really believe in those kind of things um and then but the last one you said Joe is like execution you know if nothing changes nothing changes you got to execute and you got to be okay if that execution delivers a result that isn't indicative of like what you wanted and then two things change change your habit or change the goal but you got to execute to even figure that out and most people I think give up too early because of our society and social media, like one month, two months. To me, like anything you try, I'm, I'm not trying to like draw it out so people have to be there longer, but like three to six months before you really even know what 
are you doing it right? Are you doing it wrong? And then evaluating like, you know, what can I change or what did I not do? Like you really need those run periods to evaluate true information and data before you make another decision. Otherwise we get caught up in what I like to call the great idea fairy. Um, sounds good, makes you feel good. So you do it, but when it doesn't give you the results, you get frustrated with it, but you didn't give it the time necessary, uh, you know, for the execution to really tell you a story on what you need to do. So as we start to, to wrap up here and we appreciate your time spending with us, I look forward to maybe having you again uh, in the future, but what's next? What's, what's next for Kaleo Kina? Um, this is a great question. I think the hardest questions I have is like, what's your end game? And then who are you? Right. And these are two questions that I consistently um, are trying to evaluate and provide more insight and perspective to myself. Like, who am I really? Not the real estate owner or a real estate agent or team team leader or none of that, but like Kaleo Kina. And then what's my end game? And so what I can say is like, I, I, I can't define what's next. I do know that Keller Williams has provided a lot of opportunity spaces for me where there was an agent to be a rainmaker, from a rainmaker to be a team owner and a team leader, now a partner, now a team leader of a market center. I have some OP opportunities on the table. Um, There are some territories that I would love to expand in. And so um, like Keller Williams has exposed me to these larger opportunities that I'm like, man, I went five years ago, three years ago, two years ago would have never been on my radar and now they are those are real conversations I'm having with myself is like the opportunities I say yes to are just as important as the ones I say no to so what do I want what is my end game so that I can really figure out like what's next for me and so that's been an intimate journey um that actually I had Joe down um last week to kind of talk through and help me self-discover because those are real questions that you know I'm actually appreciative for because if I didn't have the opportunity and I might just be like, oh, I love this space, but um, there's a lot out there and I'm, I'm, I'm eager to explore it. You know, it's kind of what I love about our, not just our industry, but Keller Williams itself, is that when you have the drive and you have the mindset, while there are opportunities within real estate, you've created those opportunities and put yourself in a position to grab those with both hands for yourself. Yes, absolutely. Well, I always hear these things about the military. And do you think if you had kill wounds in your life beforehand, you would have strived for Air Force? <laughs> no, I'm Navy all the way. You call them the I'm sorry, but I had to. I had to. <laughs> go Army. Didn't say, yeah, go Army. I was going to say you were good because you didn't say go Army. But now. <laughs> yeah. Now we're striking oh, nerves. Hey, hey, we're supposed to be really uplifting and stuff like that. We're going to be striking nerves. Yeah. I don't need yeah. If everyone's seen well, Cleo, it's not somebody you, like you look very teen like tiny on this screen and whatnot, but I wouldn't be messing with him. So, yeah. you know, a street fight, but yeah, I don't know who listens to this uh, podcast, but I know that uh, the KWX CEO is a Navy guy. And so I'm not going to go ahead and text Carl Lieber right now that Dave Donaldson just said, go army. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I, hey, I'm good. I can't hide from that. I own it. <laughs> Well, listen, no. Leo Kina, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited and I can't wait for this to go live for you. And as we continue to do these things, I know that I feel better for having gotten to know you a little bit better. So that being said, I'm David Donaldson. This is Joe Martin, Entrepreneurial Impact with Cleo Kina. And thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.